not taking a decision is wrong. You've got to take a decision at some point when you've got as many facts as you can. But you cannot wait for 100%. It just doesn't work that way. Welcome to the Bailiwick Express podcast. My name is Matthew Leach. I'll be joined each week by a guest for a series of podcasts. Each will shine a light on topics from across the Bailiwick. The format will change week to week. We'll have debates, reviews, hot seat interviews and special guests. So stick with us as we offer some insight on some of the most important issues we in the Bailiwick face. What makes a good leader, and more importantly, a good director? This is the question Roy McGregor will be asking himself, alongside the other judges for this year's Institute of Directors Director of the Year Awards. Mr McGregor was the country head for all Credit Suisse operations up until 2016, and now focuses on consultancy work. He'll be judging the applications, with the winner being revealed at the October IOD convention. He took time out to catch up with us over the phone to discuss the awards, how leadership has changed in the face of a pandemic, and what makes a director a good director. What are the Director of the Year awards and, and what do they mean to, to the people who, who get involved? Um, it's a recognition of um, good practice and solid leadership within the director community, in this case on Guernsey. It's been run for many years in the UK um, on a regional basis. And uh, we decided a couple of years ago that uh, we would take part. Um, last year wasn't, uh, for obvious reasons, uh, the best year to launch it. So we delayed it until this year and um, um, launched it in, I think, May. And uh, closure is in the next couple of weeks. And then we will announce the, the winner um, at the uh, IOD convention in October. Okay, and of course you mentioned last year, of course it hasn't been, it has been an unusual couple of years. Um, surely the role of a director has changed a lot post-COVID, during COVID. I mean, what does it mean to be a leader and a director now? I'm not sure, to be honest, that things have changed. They're just the stresses and strains have also been that much more acute in that um, some businesses, yeah, particularly in the hospitality sector, have had to basically close up shops. And therefore, the directors will have had to deal with some pretty horrendous problems. Others, well, I think all will have had to deal with pretty horrendous problems because the level of uncertainty across the community, forget the um, uh, just business, has been really quite dramatic. So it has probably been, um, I hate to say it's an opportunity, but for people with strong leadership skills to um, demonstrate why they are um, in that role. I was going to ask then, of course, the way these directors have dealt with these issues and, and troubles that they've gone through, will this tie in with how a director of the year gets chosen? I think there will be, um, we're always looking for, always looking for um, good examples of leadership and good examples of uh, displaying the right qualities. Um, I think uh, COVID and the, the economic problems we've had in the last year will probably uh, give an opportunity for people to demonstrate that in spades. Um, I'm not saying that you know if someone's had a really tough year in the hospitality sector, um, I'm pretty sure that that's maybe the last thing on their mind is to enter uh, an award such as this. But there have been a number of um, businesses that have really you know, taken the lead and showing their staff how to, how to deal with these things. 
And if we talk about leaders in general, then, I mean, what makes a, a director a good director? Um, I think honesty. I think uh, demonstrating leadership. You can't always tell, um, you know, you don't always have the answer to uh, the question, but you've got to be able to take action quickly, um, particularly in the, in the last 18 months, you've been under pressure. Um, and I think it's been about being honest with those who are looking up to you. Um, I can think of some organizations where, you know, there may have been people in place for 20, 30 years in that job, not as director, but looking up to their uh, MD or director in particular uh, area. Um, and just worried about um, whether they've got a job in the next year. If they don't, uh, because of whatever reason, then you know it's up to the leadership to be able to convey the problems and the, the what the options are uh, in an open and transparent manner. I really don't think that um, you know just burying the problems under the carpet, as it were, is is uh, ever the right thing to do. So it's flexibility. It's um, yeah, as I say, it's taking decisions and communicating those decisions. You can't be right all the time, but you've got to be right more often than not. Do you think this has been reflected in, in the world that we've been going through recently? I mean, leaders across the world have had to be more prominent, I suppose, from presidents to prime ministers because of the troubles we've been facing. Oh, agree. I mean, some, I think, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying not wanting to name names, but um, I think some of the communication, particularly at the government level, uh, in some countries has been atrocious. You know, whether it's a leader saying that a drug doesn't work or whether it's flip-flopping on um, rules or just making the rules too convoluted um, to understand. I think that's um, it just does not build confidence. Um, it's not about being so rigid that you cannot change, but it's explaining when there's a need to change. Um, yeah, the island, I think, has done it very well in at times, particularly in summer last year, when the sister island was opening up, um, there were a lot of people saying, well, we should be doing the same. But in the long run, they, they stuck to the guns, and I think it was the right decision. So leaders and directors themselves, they seem to be a certain type of person, I guess. I mean, what kind of draws somebody to take on a leadership role? I'm not saying you're born to it. Far from it. I think you... Um, you know, when I went through... Um, business course for 20 years ago, I think. I remember the guy saying that we've all got to that, everybody in the room had got to that, into that room based more or less on technical merit and getting to supervisor or manager level or whatever it was um, based on that um, level of skill. The next um, step up to director or to a bigger organization tends to be being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing and taking the right decisions. And some people are great technicians, but um, not necessarily great at leading organizations. And others are, you know, happy to stay in a technical role and uh, solving problems. But you, you need a, a director, a leader to draw the various strands together and to come up with um, with an answer. As I say, it's it's an, not taking a decision is wrong. You've got to take a decision at some point when you've got as many facts as you can. But you cannot wait for 100%. It just doesn't work that way. And so as your role of a judge, you'll be, you'll be overlooking some of the directors put forward for this award. Do you find it hard to judge a competition like this? I mean, taking into account that leaders can come from a multitude of different industries. I guess they all face different things. Well, they come from a multitude of different industries. They can apply from public service or the third sector. 
they can apply from small businesses and large businesses. And obviously in the UK, a large business is very different to um, one that may be on the island. Um, there are young um, directors of the year and startup directors of the year. So, but it, I think what we will be looking for is uh, certain uh, you know, success in overcoming problems in changing a business or in demonstrating that they've led the business through a difficult period. They are, and I can't sort of say what those examples are, perhaps without yeah, going into some of the applicants, which would be unfair. But there are a variety of different uh, um, uh, examples that have been demonstrated, some in the third sector, some in, in, in business, where businesses have thrived or the, the activity has thrived when one would have thought that it might have been safer to you know, sit back and wait for things to clear. But they've, they've taken big decisions and they've worked out. And so you'll be judging a, a, a whole host of people, I suppose. I mean, the, the award itself and, and the event itself, I mean, how long has it existed for? And why is it important to uh, celebrate these directors in this way? It's important to take the second point. It's important to celebrate because I think leadership is important and good governance of any organisation is important. Um, you know, uh, in demonstrating leadership, you don't necessarily want an autocrat. Um, you want someone who draws opinions together and is willing to listen to differing opinions. Um, and the IAD, as an organisation, um, uh, values those uh, differences of opinion and, the, and the, all the things that go towards good leadership. Having the confidence to stand up and, and as I say, communicate a decision that may be difficult, uh, influencing, persuading people, um, and as a, um, on governance and making sure that you've got the, the up-to-date and um, to get to the best practice. There's awards for young directors and stuff like yeah. that. People who are coming up through the ranks or facing taking on leadership roles. Are there new things they need to be aware of uh, to take advantage of or be aware of in a world post-COVID? People working from home, people working more um, using technology yeah, and stuff um, like this. Well, I think most, let's be honest, most of us have lived in a world that has not said no to us in the last 30, 40 years. Um, now, whether you're in a personal position or in a corporate position, um, as you say, people working from home is a great example. There are, um, though there are, you know, we're moving back to an office environment, I think we will see great changes in that people will be will require more flexibility, either because they're still not sure. There'll be a lot of people uncertain about the future, and, and um, some people scared about the future. Um, there will be others who will be actively trying to get back into the office because that's their social environment um, and forms a big part of their life. So the trick will now be trying to make sure that flexible working, which um, was coming through, but was perhaps um, not always um, as popular within the corporates as, as perhaps it should be. I think those, particularly now, will be um, valued and much more demand on getting a reasonable solution for those sort of questions. We've done a lot of uh, work recently on flexible working. It does seem to be something that's kind of forced the hand of a lot of businesses. This seems to be the future of work in, in many cases. Yeah. Well, the, um, you know, I work in financial services, or I have, and I'm still dabbling with a number of companies. And um, you know, we would always have these business recovery plans where, you know, can the business survive uh, if the office is suddenly closed? And... Um, 
mostly Guernsey businesses had that imposed on them very short uh, notice and worked well. Um, I was surprised and pleasantly surprised to see how uh, each of these businesses um, you know, adapted to it. Um, in other parts of the world, I know, you know I was in London earlier this weekend. I got a train at nine o'clock into town and it was empty. Um, so there's still people uh, either saying, well, I'll go in at six and I'll work until two or whatever. You know, they'll adjust their days accordingly. But it's, um, it's going to be, I think, for a while to be a different world. I think there will be a degree of coming back to what is a norm because it's just something we're all used to. But that may be over the next year or two. And a, a point that was made in a conversation I had earlier was that this is, and coming back to what you said, it's based on trust. And it's not only, I suppose, trust in your employee, but it's trust in your employer to keep involved yeah. in, and in touch with you. Yeah. Uh, you've got, you've, you, know, you are, okay, appointed by shareholders or whoever uh, into that role, maybe a company sent uh, the headquarters elsewhere. But ultimately, you'll succeed in sale based on the resources you've got, and those are the people, nine times out of ten, uh, on the island. And if um, if you don't bring the people along, if they don't trust you for whatever reason, or don't, it's not a question of like or dislike, but if it's if they believe that you are actually doing uh, maybe a difficult job, but honestly and transparently as far as you can, then I think that counts for a lot. Absolutely. I mean, if we. Pull it back round then to finish off with the when are the awards coming up? If people want to put people forward, is there a cutoff point and how do they um, put people forward? Yeah, we're into the final furlong, so um, we're looking at trying to close by middle of August. Um, the website is still open. Um, we will then have a period between then and probably mid September uh, to for the judges to get together and uh, to discuss. Um, which of the candidates are uh, should be selected, and then we'll announce it at the IOD convention in October. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Good to talk to you. Thank you for listening to the Bailiwick Express podcast. The title track was Shift My Weight by Luno. If you enjoyed it, I know it's a pain, but please like and share. It all helps. And remember, you can hit bailiwickexpress.com to stay right up to date with whatever is happening in the Bailiwick. You can find us online, on social, on email, and on internet radio. There'll be more from me, Matthew Leach, and all the Bailiwick Express team next Friday.